It is the world's oldest rainforest, at anywhere between 140 to 180 million years old, 10 times older than the Amazon rainforest, an area that's world heritage value, right next to the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park. Two areas that coexist, that support each other. So if the danger is being affected, so is the Great Barrier Reef, and vice versa. And as we know, since 2016, half the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park is now dead. So um, where we're at with this is it's sort of like, well, we just want to make sure that we don't allow further development to continue. Well, that's given us a time period to go, we've got four to five years to buy back the rest of the Dane Tree. We can bloody do this. We've got, we have to, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. That's James Stanton Cook. And this is The Proof Podcast. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another Wednesday Wisdoms episode. I hope that you've been keeping well. For any first-timers joining us, better late than never. What took you so long? (laughs) Only kidding. I'm Simon Hill, your show host, author, nutritionist, and physiotherapist. So what is this show all about? Well, each week I sit down with guests from all over the world to talk about my passion, and I assume yours too, nutrition science, health, wellness, and all things sustainability. And then midweek, I drop a Wednesday Wisdoms episode which is a condensed information-packed throwback delivered by a previous guest. Today's episode being one of those Wednesday Wisdoms, a timely episode following news, the Daintree Rainforest, the world's oldest tropical rainforest, has been returned to Indigenous Australians, specifically the Eastern Kuku Yalanji people who will now, along with the Queensland government, jointly manage the World Heritage Site. This, my friends, is a huge, huge step forward for the people of Australia. It's no secret we all share a rather uncomfortable past. From where I stand, any step towards reconciliation, acknowledging First Nations people for their value within society and helping protect their culture and the land is a great step made. While this is absolutely fantastic news, this is not to be confused with the area of the Daintree that today's guest, James Stanton Cook, or Jimmy Halfcutt as you may know him as, is working tirelessly to buy back. Jimmy's organization Halfcutt is focused on the lowland area of the Daintree Rainforest, which is not currently protected under World Heritage and therefore not under the management of the Kuku Yulanji tribe. Please do enjoy, and I'll catch you on the other side. If you're a long-time listener of this show, you'll be well aware of the scientific evidence that supports a high-fiber, plant-rich diet for good long-term health. 
And while I certainly believe in a food-first approach, there is a role for supplements to help optimize the intake of specific nutrients and address any nutritional gaps. Enter Emil. Emil is a plant-based wellness company with a series of products to help you optimize your plant-based diet. Two of my favorite products being the Essential 8 Multivitamin and the Optimal Omega Plus. The Essential 8 contains eight key nutrients that plant-based eaters often fall short in. And the Optimal Omega Plus contains a direct source of DHA and EPA Omega-3s, same as in fish, but from algae. In fact, taking Optimal Omega Plus daily, which contains 750 milligrams of EPA and DHA, is equivalent to eating two to three pieces of fatty fish per week, in line with the nutrition recommendations globally. To get your Essential 8 and Optimal Omega Plus, head to theproof.com forward slash friends and follow the link which will get you an extra 10% off your first order. That's theproof.com forward slash friends. Hey friends, the scientific evidence on lifestyle habits that lead to longevity is clear. Now it's time to put this knowledge into action. I'm excited to announce the Living Proof Longevity Challenge, a 12-week program to build evidence-based lifestyle habits to optimize longevity. My team and I have transformed over hundreds of hours of conversations with experts on aging, nutrition, and exercise into a life-changing 12-week program that will challenge you to develop habits that lead to a longer, better life. This is a unique opportunity to gather health data about yourself that has the potential to change your life for the better. You'll start by testing 10 longevity biomarkers that tell the truth about where your longevity stands right now, today. Following that, you'll get a personalized longevity score to guide your 12 weeks of habit building that will boost your score and improve your biomarkers for the better. After the challenge, you'll retest your 10 biomarkers and see the proof of how powerful these science-backed habits really are. Head over to theproof.com forward slash livingproof to download your zero-cost copy of the Living Proof Longevity Challenge today. That's theproof.com forward slash livingproof. Look forward to joining you on this journey. A trillion trees we need to plant within 30 years to absorb the last 30 years of our carbon emissions. Since 1781, right, more than half of our emissions have come in the last 30 years. Right, it's incredible. This is then when we go, right, well, okay, if that's the fact and that's the case, let's then ensure we plant a trillion trees. So it's a global initiative that we're part of. Any group, any organisation, community can be a part of it. It's just a positive outcome. It's cool planting trees. You see the result. Of course, you want it to be endemic. Of course, you want it to be local species, you know, uh, and it's something every community should and could get behind, but that's not always the case. That's why we picked our locations, Byron Bay, Atherton Tablelands, Daintree, Sumatra and India and also the Philippines. It is the world's oldest rainforest that anywhere between 140 to 180 million years old, not really sure, like 10 times older than the Amazon rainforest. In the late 1980s, the government of the time, Queensland government, actually allowed 1,100 hectares or lots for subdivision in the Daintree. So that was quite a lot and... Um, in a way, it almost feels like it's take two of trying to save the Daintree. So incredible people of the time, they actually stopped further roads going through all the way up into Cooktown. 
And um, I mean, look, you know, we're talking about um, it then after that process becoming World Heritage, you know, UNESCO, an area that's World Heritage value right next to the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park, two areas that coexist, that support each other. So if the danger is being affected, so is the Great Barrier Reef and vice versa. And as we know, since 2016, half the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park is now dead. So, um, yeah, I think where we're at with this is it's sort of like, well, we just want to make sure that we don't allow further development to continue. Uh, We recently stopped a bridge. And when I say we, all these other incredible organisations and local community, they stopped a bridge being built into the Daintree. Good on the the local constituents of the Douglas Shire Council, they voted against it. Unfortunately, human beings, we seem to like to continue with progress. So it doesn't mean we're completely in the clear, but what that's given us is a time period to go, we've got four to five years to buy back the rest of the Daintree. We can bloody do this. We have got. We have to. We're going to do it. And then that's, that's just the strategic high-end value properties. We're not even talking about the properties that we can engage in regen. So there's just this ongoing continue. And then not even that, then it's, it's, it's being able to employ traditional owners and green business, you know, eco jobs. Um, you know, running Airbnbs and running education facilities and running further nurseries and tree plantings, running medicine and learning from traditional owners, real cultural hits that, I mean, for me, you can say I love it. I absolutely, you know, I get a buzz out of it. And I just kind of think, well, maybe if I get a buzz out of it, if we can help people get a buzz out of it too, well, then that's touch the heart, it's touch the mind and they're going to go and speak about it and want to get more hands on. So we had an incredible um, colleague uh, who went out and actually mapped out all of the strategic potential properties which didn't have any development on them, first and foremost. But if they did have development, if how bad it was and if we could regen or if it could be used for other infrastructure, like I mentioned before, like a nursery. But also that it, that we can expand Daintree National Park. So that's sort of like the three criteria and there's a lot more to it as well. Like we have, as I mentioned, the ecologist Christopher Cusp, he goes and surveys how many species of plants are on this property and sometimes we're finding new species. I mean, we're not, we haven't found it all, we haven't discovered it all, so we're finding new species or species that we thought weren't in that region or had moved on. And again, like, I mean, for me, I get excited about that because, I mean, what medicines could be discovered in there, you know, uh, let alone, you know, the habitat for wildlife. I mean, you know, new insects are still being discovered and, all, you know, there's just so much we still haven't even been able to scratch the surface on. So the way I look at it is go, well, how we can help is help buy it and protect it so then we can put the money into research, into seeing what medicines could be in that danger, which, you know, we're talking about pandemics. Well, this is one of more to come. We won't even go into permafrost and all the rest of it. But anyway, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's exciting just to know how many more incredible steps are ahead um, and the support that we're also going to be getting with traditional owners. So if anyone right now wanted to go on and type in Daintree and they could look at a bunch of properties and I have friends doing this at the moment going, hey, Jimmy, mate, I, I really like what you're doing. Uh, rather than making a donation, I'm kind of keen to buy this, but I'm happy to do a contract with you guys. So when I do sell, I ensure that I gift it over to you guys. Awesome. Like we, we, we're not just like one way with it. So they are private properties. So for example, like um, Lot 124 this year, you know, we got for $25,000, right? 25 grand. And it was quite a nice short tangible outcome to achieve for fundraising. And we did that and then we got another one at 25 and that's how you keep on building. So we're, I think right now we're at about 33 acres of the Daintree we've helped protect. So 33 football fields. We're looking at probably 200, 260 hectares. So then that would be double that nearly. So let's just round it off, say 380 football fields. We don't know what that monetary value is. It could be between 30 to $40 million. 
But it's just so awesome to know that that's a tangible outcome that we can then go, this will not go for a development approval or it will not be cut down inappropriately for, yeah, further development. Across the board, the research has shown that every acre or every football field of rainforest that's protected, that's the equivalent of 76,000 litres of water sequestered every year. So that's a good thing. And that's why it's also important that we regen. The carbon is being very conservative on this one here because it's still being established. But what we have found is from planting one hectare of rainforest species, on the average amount, it's as I mentioned before, 1,000 metric tonnes of carbon can be stored. We're still finding out so much more about how much even these vines, how much carbon they can store. Like the biodiversity is so out of control and awesome. We just don't have the science yet behind it. But this is then where we build the community and community power and the Indigenous people and the locals out here are like, well, thank you, we need to see this change, uh, which then ultimately I think will then protect it for the long term. And that's what we need to work on is building that strong, you know, I guess your foot soldiers or your, your frontline action people or your community to ensure it doesn't happen again. So divestment is ensuring you're divesting either your bank, your super, your electricity. If you have insurance, it can be insurance as well. Or if you're a pensioner, it can be a pension as well. But divestment, the whole idea of it is to say, well, my money that's in your bank, I don't want that invested in deforestation, animal agriculture, tobacco industry. So this is the thing, right? Your money goes a long way when it just sits there. So that's the whole thing of divestment. So pulling out from the bad guys or cutting ties with the bad guys and going with the people who you ethically and what you personally believe in. And it's actually one of these things because of how time poor we all are, it can be nearly achieved, the process in 15 minutes. And that's pretty powerful to go, all right, I want to give 15 minutes up of my day to start this process to ensure I'm not investing in all the bad stuff. And actually what we found off the back end of that is then these you know, Bank Australia were incredible. They said, oh, look, we'll do the half cut thing too. And we're like, awesome. They raised 150 grand, 150 grand, nearly half of the funds for lot 155, Gumby. Incredible to just sort of see that community wanting to be a part of it and hungry and wanting more and helping to support further campaigns, which is just so brilliant. And look, you know, we had 6,800 people divest. (laughs) You know, like that is quite significant Um, and the money in that to know it's not being put into the fossil fuel industries or animal agriculture, deforestation, logging, et cetera, that's powerful in 15 minutes. So it's like, well, pick what you want to do. You can either do the half-cut challenge and have a laugh, you can do a fitness challenge and help rewild yourself on the earth or, hey, why don't you divest in our triple switch for earth? We should be the clean green destination for the world. We should be the beacon and we can. Yeah, again, I just feel we've done such a good job at suppressing education, suppressing you know, like media outlets, not giving real facts and information and engaging the people because they know they can get away with it. They know they can educate a mob or educate um, certain people and go off the backbone of what they have done in the past. Let's, let's evolve a bit, yeah? Let's move to the next steps. Like we'll talk about it in Tassie. Let's get Tassie doing, you know, aquaponics and aeroponics and incredible food systems, which they have the incredible luxury with the pristine water and oxygen, you know, they claim the best oxygen in the world. And you know, let's really continue to highlight those qualities. And then the Daintree, let's continue to highlight the incredible oldest world rainforest and the cassowaries and the, you know, Bennett's tree kangaroo and that we're trying to find a way to actually really save the Great Barrier Reef. I mean, we, we have some incredible gems here. So let, let's focus on that rather than going, no, come on, let's get a cheap buck out of this. And as we know, mate, like we don't do this. It's because we know we have such a small window to make such 
incredible long-term change. Why would we not all want to be part of that? Why would we not all want to work together to get this right? Let's really get behind and listen to the science of the climate crisis and the readily free information and solutions that are there. Let's get behind rewilding the earth. There we go. Isn't Jimmy something? I love that guy. Please do reach out to him on the socials. Give him your support at Jimmy underscore Halfcut and at halfcut.org. I know that he would love to hear from you. Also, should you want to learn more about the various projects Jimmy is working on or make a donation to support his mission, check out Halfcut at halfcut.org. Here you will be able to read about the various projects that Halfcut are working on and the success stories that they've had to date. Finally, don't forget that all proceeds from my book go to Half Cut. So another way you can support is by gifting a copy of the book to your friends or family members. Just maybe they'll change the way they eat too. Okay, let's wind this one up here. Thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate you and look forward to doing it all again in a few days' time. Until then, remember... More plants, my friends, more plants.